Hi, everyone. Welcome back to I've Been Thinking with your host, Brietta. That's me. I am doubly excited because not only do I get to spend some time with you all today, but I have someone on the platform that I am so excited to have a conversation with. You know, I am falling in love with Instagram all over again because I am just in awe of the amazing people who are out there. And quite frankly, they've been out there, but there's something about the collective narrative that is just surfacing up all of these amazing people. And I think Doriana Diaz is one of them. She is, in my opinion, the epitome of what a, a current artist really is. She's someone who's navigating both words and narratives and the digital platform to really talk about things that are both important to her and, and important to sort of the collective conversation. She's based in Philadelphia. Um, she has an amazing website. She has an unbelievable Instagram. Um, and we'll make sure that we'll have everything linked and shared in the episode description. But I believe that this is someone that you all should know. So hi, Doriana. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. That was a beautiful introduction. Made oh, my heart thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, before we get into the conversation, just tell people a little bit more about you, who you are and, and what you do. Yeah. So um, my name is Doriana Diaz and I am rooted in Philadelphia's rhythms. I've been here for 21 years. Um, it's home. It's the place where I find the most solace and sanctuary. Um and I'm also the founder, I'm an artist, I'm an artist, visual artist, and a writer and a creator myself individually, but also um, the founder and, and curator of the DS collections, like you mentioned, um, which is my brand new baby. It's only been around for about six months, um, yet yeah, started in January of 2020, and um, we're thriving and growing and evolving um, with the times, especially. Um, but the Diaz, a little bit about the Diaz collections is it's essentially a network of natural embrace for up and coming and longstanding black and brown artists in the Philadelphia area. And through COVID, I think we've kind of stretched and expanded our mission to sort of be also simultaneously an, um, an intersection between um, art, artistic community, the black artistic community and the black wellness community. So we, we're kind of feeding into um, or creating our own kind of category of artistic wellness. Yeah. Um, uh, connecting the common threads between the two. Um, and I think that for me, art is a very spiritual act. It's a very, uh, creating in general is spiritual. It's it's a spiritual practice, it's almost ritual. So I think my, I, um, my brand kind of um, feeds that intersection or provides the intersection between the two. And I think right now, for me, I know that my self-care and my wellness are, are very much connected to my artistic practices and my creative practices. So I think it's our, our goal, our mission, our intention with the Diaz Collections is to be an intersection for Black femme artists and Black femme um, wellness practitioners and right connecting the common threads. So that's just a little bit about, um, yeah, the brand. It's expanding and growing and evolving and turning into so many other things as well. But that's kind of lives, is what lives at the center. You know, I think it's interesting that you talk about that it's continuing to grow and thrive and, and become what it's going to become because I, I actually think that that's the space that we're all in, both, you know, personally and just as a global community, certainly as a creative community. I think there's enough happening in the world around us that it's requiring us to, to stretch the parameters of what we thought we were and to, um, to let our art be in response to what's happening around us. And I, and I think I definitely put what you're doing through the Diaz collection in that category. You seem to be someone who is able to very seamlessly connect the dots between like art and, and this sort of like momentary narrative about where black and brown people and women are. And I'm wondering from your perspective as someone who's in this space, are there some common themes or things right now that are happening in this country that you're like, we need to be talking about this. We need to be thinking about this in a much larger way. Yeah, I think um, it's so interesting because I think that there are many things that I've always been like you kind of what you mentioned at the beginning where I think that there are a lot of brands and specifically black 
of femme brands or black uh, woman X brands that led curated brands that have kind of been having these conversations way before this movement Mm -hmm. um, sort of solidified itself. And I think that a lot of that for me is what's the most inspiring about having these conversations. Like, I think I've been having these conversations for a very long time. Yeah. And now it's like trendy to have these kind of conversations, you know? And um, I think a huge part of that, a lot of themes that I think have carried themselves through is like the intentionality of black creation, um, this sort of underrepresentation of black creation historically, um, black art, the underrepresentation of black art from a historical perspective and how kind of crucial that is to um, our culture Mm -hmm. um, and our humanity as black people. Um, I think that having really intentional conversations about um, intent, yeah, like just intentionality in general, I think is, is a theme that I've been thinking a lot about and have been really invested in, in recently. Um, Just like the intentionality of my content, you know, like what I put out, what I create, the things that I say, the things that I do that are, is, is content under my brand, under my name, under, um, you know, the celebration of black womanhood, like I have to be very intentional about that. Um, and to be really, um, hyper vigilant about the things that I say. Um, I think that that intentionality is a really big one for me. I also think freedom agency, you know, the freedom to, to kind of, um, choose. Yeah. Agency and freedom kind of go hand in hand for me, I think, as a creative, as an individual, as a Black woman, as a Black queer woman, all of those things I'm always thinking about. Um, Also just tenderness in general, being tender with myself, being tender with uh, my community. Yeah. uh, You know, with my body, with my mind, with my spirit, um, all of those things. Yeah, I think those are probably like the main three that have been kind of consistently showing up for me recently. You know, when you when you talk about intentionality, I think that is something that has been sort of a reoccurring theme in conversations that I've been having over the last couple of weeks, because I think that with this newfound, and I think you articulated this perfectly, you know, with this newfound interest in having these conversations, especially amongst populations that weren't historically having these conversations before, that all of a sudden there, there seems to be, um, there, there seems to be a tension on these conversations that require a, a different level of responsibility when you're taking into consideration that the audiences that are now consuming your content don't all identify as people of color, don't all identify as black. And so there's this there's this battle, and I'm curious about how, how or if you're navigating this, about looking at your content through the lens of not everyone who's consuming this understands the point of reference that I'm coming from as a black person. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, I think um I've been creating for 18 years basically, you know. Um like really kind of like that's been my life. Mm-hmm. Um ever since I was a child. And, and I think ever since I was a kid I've known that, you know, I'm just here to make stuff. Yeah. To make things and give it to the world and sometimes maybe not. But I've always known that what I, whatever I make is not for white people. Yeah. Whatever I create is not for white people. Honestly, what, even whatever I create is not, is really not even for non-black people of color. Mm-hmm. If I'm being really honest. Right. Um, what I create for black people. Yeah. When I create, it's never, I never consider um, non-black people consuming it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, if they do, okay. Um, but my responsibility is not to them my duty is not to them. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I think that that makes it, I'm very, I'm very aware of, of what my audience is. I mean, I don't necessarily know how many white people follow my, my personal brand or, I mean, my brand or my personal page. I don't know. I know I don't follow white people. Right. Um, I think that it's just, it's just something that I'm really, that's my intention. Like I know it's, it's also part of my self-preservation, mm-hmm. it's my self-care um, it's part of, yeah, it's, it's, it's that it's really, it's self-preservation. And I think, um, 
I just don't, I just don't, I don't, it's not something that I think about when I'm creating or when I'm, um, yeah, I'm also just very intentional about the people that I collaborate with collectively on a collective like communal basis I'm, I'm very intentional about the community that I want to create for my brand sure the that I want to be a part of and it's not that well you know the thing that I think is really interesting about what I'm hearing from you is that there is from your perspective an innate understanding of the why behind what you're doing, which is giving you a freedom and an agency to not have those considerations. And I actually think that that is the place where we're trying to sort of globally move to, which is to have the freedom, the agency, but also the self-awareness to not filter our narrative through external communities. Absolutely. Uh, that is like perfectly expressed. And I think that that is where I feel the most free. Yeah. And I feel most free in myself, in my, in my creative life and my creative um, uh, kind of spaces mm-hmm. is when I know that I, like, this is not this. I know who this is for and I know who this isn't for. And I know who I want to include and I know who I don't. And I know right. people, uh, like, I don't need to preserve white people's feelings. Mm-hmm. In anything that I do. Um, and I think that that it's taken me so long to get to that place. Yeah. So long to get to the place of like, you know, unconditioning myself yes. and learning certain things that I needed to unlearn to get to the place to be like, no, I'm, this is where I'm rooted. I right. am rooted in black stories. I'm rooted in, in black narrative. I'm rooted in celebrating these things for my community, for my culture, for my people. And anything else is kind of irrelevant. Like, I am not here to serve white people. I'm not here to give them outlets to feel more comfortable in, in their racism, in their oppression, in their, in their, like, ungodly behavior. Like, I am not, that's not my job. Yeah. As a, you know? And, and I think that for, I, I, that was a process. It was a long process to get to, to be where I am now, where I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I know what I'm not. And that unlearning process, you know, I was speaking to another um, Black female creator and she said something, you know, and I say this on the podcast all the time, which is the one of the reasons why I love having conversations like this is because it helps you to hold your ideas up to the light so that you can sort of have a new way of looking at them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you change your ideas, but it's important to hold it up to the light a little bit and say like, why do I believe this? Do I really believe this? And she said something in a way that I have been holding in my heart and thinking about, she's like this current time that we're in and I'm paraphrasing she's like it's it's like having a million little heartbreaks all over again because you we as sort of a a a black and brown people have by force of the world that we're in we do the work every single day right like we have no choice but to do the work and so to see the global community sort of like playing at getting to a place where they want to do the work is it's both you want to be encouraged but it's also heartbreaking at the same time so I think that what you're talking about is really sort of the ideal to get to a place where you're free from the idea of like how is this being consumed by outside people you know populations yeah it's it's a it's definitely a hard thing it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of practice and commitment to self I think um and for me, I think, uh, like, I have had such an incredible virtual community to sort of um, rely on and depend on and kind of, like, um, that holds me up, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Totally. And it makes, it, it makes me feel as if I'm, yeah, like, in this alone. I think mm-hmm. that it would, it would be, it, it's really hard sometimes because as a creative, I mean, you go through imposter syndrome, you go through all that stuff. Like, is anyone, does anyone care about what I have to say? Is what I have to say important? I mean, all that stuff. And, and I think right now there's it, that is, can be seriously intensified. Yes, exactly. Going on, you know, and so many people are throwing out so much content and like, you don't know like who's, who's reading what it's, it's a lot. It's Mm -hmm. extremely, can be extremely overwhelming. And I think, my sisterhood of other women who are creating incredible things who have been do- not just doing this work, just started doing this work. Now they've been doing this work. Yeah. 
that have really been lifting me up and inspiring me and encouraging me and empowering me in so many different ways and so many different facets. Um, and I think that that is like those little tiny things that mend the heartbreaks, you know, um, that, yeah, it's true. That, that whole idea of having a bunch of different heartbreaks. Well, um, the thing that, the thing that you said that I really latched onto is this idea of the community that you've created or that you've developed or nurtured, you know, that pre-existed this moment in time has really been, it's been so important for so many of us, but I also think it's been really telling because for those who maybe find themselves without community, I think it's been a really important time of reflection to say, why am I disconnected from community, right? Like what are the things that have been put in place, whether it is about unlearning, you know, ideas, whether it's internalized racism that you're holding on to that's keeping you separated from your community that can, in moments like this, rally around you and lift you up. And I think that's one of the things that I've been really trying to amplify through these conversations, which are, you know, what are some of the ways that artists in particular that are Black and Brown can stay both united but also move towards solution, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to be united in this moment and take care of each other and nurture each other, but we also want to be moving towards something. And what have you found to be some of the ways that work for you and your community? Yeah, so I, I think um, it's a really great question and something that I've been thinking a lot on and I, I have some answers, but not all of them quite yet, I don't think. But I know a big part of it is remaining consistent, like the, like, honoring the small things mm. if that makes sense like I get really overwhelmed sometimes with like I need to put this out at this time and I need to be doing all of these things and like I need to be consistently creating and consistently pushing content and like you know that uh, comparison is a disease totally and so I think that working on that within myself because my, like knowing that all of us as all of these black women that I adore and that inspire me every single day that are creating things and have their own brands and all that stuff we are all different we all have our own voices we are all doing completely different things mm -hmm. but in some way I feel like it is such a unified community and in that it's like these are people they're not just brands yes not content these are actually people doing the work right and so I think generating relationships with those people like the, the founders and owners of these brands, I'm like, they have the, they are their own people. They have their own experiences, their own complexities. I don't just want to know them through their content. Yeah. You want to know the, you want to know the human behind the work. I want, I want that sisterhood with them. And so developing that, um, developing close, like intimate human relationships with those people who are doing those things. not just like just hi hey like how are you doing what's going on how are you feeling today mm -hmm. is really important I think for me for so long people only viewed me solely as an artist and yeah. they only sort of interacted with me in conversation about art and creating mm -hmm. and that's great and I love being an artist but that's not all of who I am and um, I honestly, as humans like we are like our self definition does not come from the things that we do yeah so like, I think for me being, having been treated like that in the past where it's like, you actually don't even know who I am at all. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like exactly. so many other feelings and there's so many other things that make up who I am. It's not yeah. just things that I create. Um, so I think reaching out to those people, those women as human beings and right. relationships and the sisterhood and community with them as, as humans not just as creators yeah i think that i think that that in and of itself is revolutionary in yeah. its in its thought because you know as as an artist whose art is manifested on the stage and in performance there is um there is an a disconnect i believe sometimes with people understanding that there's a human being behind the work and to love and appreciate the human being. It's so funny, I was having a conversation with my sister 
um, who is not a creative um, by trade. She's a lawyer, so completely different. But one of the things that she said, she was like, you know, people are in love with the gift, but they're not in love with the human that carries the gift. And I thought that that was such a profound way of putting it because this, I think, is actually the part of the transformation that I'm seeing in this current moment that is actually really exciting. It's really exciting to see people take agency of themselves and to demand that you appreciate not just what I offer, but who I am. And that comes with a complex history and nuanced perspective that may make you uncomfortable. Right. And I think that that is so, so, for me, it's so important. It's crucial. And I think um, I struggle with that a lot. I struggle with like, how much of myself do I want to share with mm-hmm. with my, um, like on, on the Instagram digital level, like how much of myself do I want to share? Like, cause the Diaz collections, yes, it's something I founded, but it's not really mine. Right. You know, like it belongs to whoever wants to, to have it mm-hmm. or wants to be part of it. It's not yeah. necessarily mine. I'm just the vessel in which it goes through. Exactly. But it's not like mine. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Totally. It's like a child, it's the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. give birth, you know, like the child doesn't belong to you. It, you're just the vessel in which you, who brought it into the world. Exactly. Um, and so I think that there's like, I'm, I'm experimenting a lot with recently of like, okay, like just non-attachment in general, like mm-hmm. in, in, not in the way of like, um, dis, uh, dismissing vulnerability and intimacy and connection, non-attachment. I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about like the spiritual, um, like practice of like, okay, I am simply here to be a vessel. Yeah. Spirit and spirit will speak through me. And no matter, and no matter what I say, spirit is speaking through me because we're all children of something bigger. You know, we're all children of spirit and I am here to be a vessel. And when I'm here to be a vessel, I'm going to provide and present present and give everything all the goodness of me that I have to give all the love that I have to give but I'm not attached to it like I'm not ownership of things I think seeking ownership and like grasping on to things is a very colonized Mm -hmm. uh, way of life yeah like this belongs to me no this belongs to spirit bro right (laughs) and we're just here to be vessels of that and so I think working, it's a very, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard work to do. The whole ownership. I mean, that's, that's, that's a very colonized, like that's a very, um, uh, like rooted in the colonizer, you know, mm-hmm. and in the oppressor and also in capitalism in so many ways of, of seeking ownership of things all the time. And I think, I think that that is a really um, difficult thing, right? Like we're talking about is um, unlearning. Yeah. Unlearning myself to, 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 to think solely in those ways or have habits that speak solely to, to that kind of very dangerous and detrimental way of, of life. Um, you know, the thing that you said that I really, it, it's, it clicks for me and I want to make sure you can tell me if I've interpreted this correctly. It's hearing you talk about this idea of a not seeking the validation of owning something, right? To merely be the conduit through which it it flows through. I can then see why you have a connection between art and wellness, because to take care of the vessel means that the art that flows through it can be in its purest manifestation, which is why, and the reason why I respond to that is because one of the things that I say oftentimes in my personal life you know, and again, this is just Brietta and and what I believe. I believe that there is nothing that is inherently bad. I think that everything is inherently good. What happens is that it goes through the perversion of a broken vessel, right? You know, sex is good. Rape is bad, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, you know, work is good. Uh, you know, extreme capitalism is bad. Like the, these right. things are pure in their original intent. But when we don't take care of ourselves, we attach to it all of these perversions and these ideas and, and, and not purposefully, but because we've been manhandled or broken or, or abused in ways that that abuse bleeds out into the work that we do. Yes. And there, I think that there's a lot of that's, it's so you're spot on. Um, 
I think that there's a lot of work and a lot of commitment and self-awareness to restore a vessel or understand that your vessel is broken. I think to even acknowledge that is work to practice the restoration of your vessel. Um, and to be committed to that practice because it's a pra- it's not something that happens like all, all the time is just like we want everything to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, this is the that's the beauty of COVID. That's the beauty that I've found in COVID is this experience for me is building my relationship with spirit. Yeah, that, that's what this time is for me. And I know that. But it's also like stillness. Mm hmm. And being able to take the time that you never had before to restore whatever it is that needs to be restored. Yeah. Your life, whatever it is. And I think, I think that that is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like to speaking on that non-attachment and not being so, um, I think it, uh, to let go of control, let me mm-hmm. say, that, which is something that's extremely difficult for me personally. Um, to like let go of control and allow things to be as they are. Yeah. And, and coming to that realization of like, yes, my brand does not necessarily belong to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that in and of itself is, ex- is an extremely radical thing um, to get to that place and accept that. Because initially I was like, this is mine. <laughs> I need to make all the decisions. Right. Like, I need to work alone. It's a one person, it's a one woman team. Like I'm not bringing anyone else onto this because I just want my perspective. All <laughs> Girl, let it go. Right. <laughs> if, for, if for no other reason than to like release yourself. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So it's like, I think coming to this place of like, um, and also the desire not to be chasing clout because just because my name's on it, like yeah. I want to be famous or I want not even famous, but like, I want all of this work to be under my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and it's so interesting because I was just having this conversation the other day about this idea of having grace for ourselves, right? Because you can get into this mindset of like, oh, I, I'm disappointed that I fell into this pattern of wanting recognition, of wanting my name to have, you know, a certain sort of, as you said, it clout or recognition or et cetera. And it's about like, no, having grace for the fact that like, we have been indoctrinated to attach value to those things. And those are not habits that are easily broken when you have a, a system that is set up to celebrate that. And so to break away from that idea in and of itself is a revolution, right? To understand, you know, that I am not my product. Yeah. That's hard. Value as a human being does not come out of the things that I do. Right. Worth is not defined by that. And that is such a hard thing. It really is. <laughs> understand or accept. Yeah. It is so, so difficult. And it, it takes such a long time. And, I, and, it's, and it's something that I think I've gotten, like, it's, it's, it is, it's the decolonization of, of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, no, my productivity, like, none of that is what defines my worth as a human being. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that... If you were to just tackle that concept, it would change the way we viewed ourselves as creative artists, you know? And I think that, while I think that it is a battle that every single industry faces, there's no doubt. I do think that there is something particularly salient about this when you're talking about being an artist, because so much of what you offer, and I know that it's an area that I struggle in, it's like you give birth to something and it's like, it's, it's got your DNA in it. You know what I mean? And so then, and I often say this, like there is this fine line between audacity and just like naivete to be an artist, right? Like you have to be audacious enough to say like, here's this thing that I believe needs to live in the world. And I'm audacious enough to put it out there, but also the naivete to not understand like what it means or what impact it's going to have. You just put it out there. And it's true. It's really a hard practice to say that like, I can put this out there and understand that it's going to be consumed by the world through their lens. And that that doesn't necessarily reflect on who I am as a human being. Right. And that is extremely difficult. 
I think I think it is. It's it's a practice of it's also simply accepting or being able to surrender. You know. Yeah. Um. I think I think that speaks also to the non attachment that I'm talking about. Is like. Yes. Like this goes out. It is no longer in my hands. Yes. It is no longer in my control how it is consumed, if it's enjoyed, if people respond to it. No, all of that is gone. My agency, like my agency over that is still there. You know how I respond to that experience. Right, right. my choice. But how it is consumed is not in my control. And giving up that control or surrendering to what is, Mm -hmm. is so hard. Yeah. Do you think that with sort of with that mindset, when you look at this moment in time that we're in, which is really about both amplifying Black voices, amplifying Black narratives, do you find that that has become easier or more difficult for you to do? That's a great question. Um, I think personally, it has become very difficult. Like as as my own individual artist, it has become extremely difficult for me to amplify my voice specifically Mm -hmm. um like yeah like my inner workings it has been very hard I think as a as a brand owner because like those things are so separate for me it's like really interesting um that I think it has it's been easier yeah so like as running a brand and having a collective and, and feeling like I have a collective voice, you know, and bringing, I've just recently brought on someone, an intern who's an incredible intern onto my team, um, which was really hard for me, but an incredible step. Mm-hmm. Um, it has become a lot easier to amplify black voices, black narratives and um, yeah. And testimonials. Like it has yeah. become easier. I think also too, like my creative community of women who are who also have their own brands and platforms and are doing very similar things or have our messages align. Um, kind of talking with them and incorporating them in my projects mm-hmm. has been really inspiring because it offers new perspective and and um, it offers yeah different kind of different sources for people to kind of lean on or support or follow or all that kind of stuff so I think like with me as an individual creative it feels very isolating so I'm always like okay like what do I want to say and like how do yeah. I say it? but when I'm when I'm working on my brand kind of content it just feels a lot more communal mm-hmm mm-hmm and so it, it feels easier. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because when you when you say that, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I have found um, a particular freedom. There's been a synergy around the partnership and the collaboration with other storytellers because there there is a sense, at least from, and this is me personally, there's a sense of safety and there's a sense of being affirmed in the process because a lot of the narrative that is being shared currently, even if you've always been sharing that particular narrative, it's become very nuanced in this moment because we know the the space that we're sitting in as a global community. We know that we have a conversation about race that's happening at a global level that while we have been having these conversations has all of a sudden has an immense spotlight on it. There's a lot of jockeying for ownership over that conversation, which I think has been um, stressful for me. I think is the la- is the easiest way that I can frame that. It's been really stressful because I see people wanting to own a conversation that they have no stake in. So I think that that's why I have run into the arms of other creatives because just to affirm each other is a healing practice, Absolutely. right? <laughs> like, and you need that because inherent in this conversation about race and what it means not just as a creative, but just to be a black person in this country, in this moment, if you don't have community around you, I don't even know how you're surviving it, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's so interesting because, you know, we, we speak about um, what is happening right now in the world in terms of um, black people and what's going on for black people in the world, what's going on for black trans people in the world. What's right. Going- black queer people in the world and also and this is all with the backdrop of covid yeah it's just like 
I think for me too, it's one of those things that I think your speak, you spoke to it really wonderfully when you said, and eloquently when you said, running into the arms of black creatives and, and affirming one, one another is healing. Like that yeah. is participating in our own healing. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really um, think that's important to acknowledge and important to even say one more time for people is like, that is enough. Yeah. Like that is enough. I think also with everything going on in the world, with all of us being stuck in the house, with all of us being attached to our phones and our computers and um, not really engaging in much of like physical interaction with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that <sighs> the small things are enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like seeking, like I think that for me is is a really big thing is like, okay, what I do today, no matter what it is that I do, it's enough. Right. It's enough. Like I'm tired. Black people are tired. Yeah. And black people are exhausted. And, um, and so no matter what I do, getting out of bed, making my bed, making myself some tea, reading a book is enough. And Mm -hmm. that feeling, you know, so I think, and even it's, it's reaffirming, yes, the people in your life and your community, but it's also for me, it's a whole lot about reaffirming myself because I feel very, it's isolating. This is an isolating experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it is nothing. Like I like. There's been some hardships in my life, but like I was always like, okay, I'm gonna go to my girl's house and we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> exactly. And drink and it'll be fine. Like you know. But like this is like I'm. We're stuck in this. Like it's yeah. you feel very trapped and suffocating. At least for me, I'm just yeah. my own personal experience. And you want to talk about mental health? I'm like, whoa. Like, this is trying. Yes, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> trying, yeah. So, like, so it's okay. And it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And, uh, and no matter what it is that you do, it is enough. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Um, you know, the, tender, tenderness, you know, being tender with yourself. The thing that you say that I think is a shift for people and, and it's a shift for me. It's something that I am working on because I, I had this sort of moment of awareness where as someone who considers themselves to be, you know, pretty self-aware, pretty in touch with myself. And, you know, oftentimes one of the things that I say is like, I know Brietta well. Like I know me well. And so I know what I need in order to be healthy. I know what I need in order to be thriving. So it was definitely something that I had to be intentionally focused on because a lot of the things that I could run to in order to feel better or to, you know, feel hopeful, those things I didn't have access to, right? Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't just run and give my friend a hug. I couldn't, you know, we couldn't sit and just grab a dinner someplace and have a conversation. Like those things were taken away. But in that, the gift, and I think you said this earlier, the gift has been the gift of stillness, the gift of sitting with yourself. And, and it was, the moment where I realize I know myself, but I don't know myself in this moment, right? Like I don't know myself mm-hmm. in a global pandemic, in um, a reckoning about race, in an, uh, a creative industry that's being dismantled. Like I don't know who I am yeah. in that space. And I think what you said is one of the things that I kept repeating to myself. I was like, it is okay to not be okay. Yeah. Like to give like yourself permission. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's okay to also like give yourself room, you know, like I think that that's also the other thing is, is giving yourself space to not be okay. Like this is, you know, this is not going to end tomorrow. This is right. not a situation that's, you know, right. Like this is, <laughs> we're going to be in this for a while. Like, and yeah, I think, for sure. Like, right. Like, and I think that there has to be some right surrender. There has to be some practice of surrendering mm-hmm. in, in this, in this experience, in making room for you not to be, for you to allow yourself to not be okay. And, and, um, accepting that, yeah. um, there has to, yeah, it's making space because I think there's also something really, um, really important and really crucial about about the act of stillness that I think for for me in my life I've realized that stillness like if I'm still with myself for long enough or on a consistent basis something Mm -hmm. that I practice that I can feel myself um building a foundation of fluidity 
And I think that fluidity, I'm not, when I speak of fluidity, it's not necessarily balance. Like I'm not talking about balance, seeking yeah. balance. I think that was something I always used to strive for, mm-hmm. but like I'm embracing this new way of like, I can just be fluid. With mm. fluidity, it's like, okay, it's ebbs and flows. It's like, there's more of like an honoring of, of the evolution and yeah. honoring of the process in which that like we are all in right now. And there's, I, I have more room to make space for whatever needs to exist inside me. I um, love that. You know, like whatever it is, because sometimes it's grief and sometimes it's anger and sadness and sometimes it's, it's um, inspiration and, um, and freedom or like, it's always changing. Yeah. Feelings come and go. And, t- and more than one feeling can exist inside you simultaneously. It's so, you know, this is like, a, this is one of those moments where I'm having a double click on a moment because I just left a conversation before jumping on this call with you where someone was saying the exact same thing. And I believe that when messages come to you multiple times, it's something you should be paying attention to, yes. which is which is like honoring the fact that multiple emotions can live at the same time, right. that you can be both in a moment of grief and joy at the same time. Yes. Like you, you can be grieving the fact because the conversation that we were having was like you know one of the things that COVID sort of shone the light on is like there are things that I'm grieving that sometimes I don't give myself permission to grieve because they seem unimportant right like you're grieving the fact that you can't go out to dinner with your friends you're like but I don't want to say that because I know that that's like not an important thing in the grand scheme of life but it's like no it is important and you have to honor the fact that you're grieving what used to bring you joy even Mm -hmm. while you're finding joy and inspiration in other things like that's okay to honor that yes they can exist there is duality in everything yeah um I think that for so long, I was talking about this recently with a close friend of mine. And I was saying, you know, before or for a long, let's say in my past, uh, for a long time in my life, I viewed things very much in absolutes, mm-hmm. um, very much in like, it is yes, or it is no, or or it's one or the other. And like everything else in life, I'm realizing it exists in the middle. Like everything in life just exists in the middle. Right, exactly. You know? And that's the beauty of fluidity. And that's the beauty of of holding space for duality of like, I can, I don't have to shame myself mm-hmm. for feeling one thing, one thing and also feeling the opposite of that, of that one thing. Absolutely. You know, it's possible. It happens all the time. It actually happens more frequently than not. Right, um, exactly. You no. Know? So I think, I think that that holding space for that in, inside yourself, holding space for all of those things that you need to feel whenever you need to feel them. Mm-hmm. And until you're done feeling them, you know, <laughs> right. like you don't need to rush that process. Like feelings, you'll feel it until you're done feeling it. And then you'll feel the next feeling. You know, and, and what's so important about what you're saying, I think this is so important. And to everyone who's listening on the podcast, I, I hope that this is something that you can sit with and think about, because I actually think that this is a part of sort of the American sickness, which yes. is like, we want to move to solution really quickly, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we see the problem. We're like, okay, let's fix it. And we want yeah. it to be fixed really quickly. And I think if you take what Doriana is talking about and you apply that to where we are as a global community, these are not things that are going to be fixed quickly. And you have to be okay sitting in the discomfort of something that's broken, you know, like just acknowledge that we're sitting in a broken moment and it's painful and it is, and you're looking at yourself, you're looking at the world around you. It's making you question relationships and ideas and all of that stuff is not something that you can move through really quickly. And I think what you're saying can be applied in a much, in a, in a macro level, which is like, get okay with sitting in a space that's complicated. Yeah. And complex and dynamic. Yeah. And has multiple different elements and multiple different variations and Mm -hmm. angles. All of that stuff sitting in the discomfort. I know. (laughs) No small thing. It is not. That is some serious. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I think that there's something really interesting about, like, allowing yourself to be okay with suffering. Yes. Like almost sometimes seeking suffering. Mm -hmm, Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and like, this is where the work happens. Like that is where the work happens. The work also, you know, you find beauty and, and, um, and love and joy too. 
But like the work, at least for me personally, the work where I find where I make like 180 shifts in myself, when I just begin to learn how to pivot and adjust and yeah. reattune and reassemble myself mm -hmm. is sitting in the suffering. Lean it, you know, it's what you're saying. And uh, I have to, I have to catch myself because I, I can feel myself getting emotional because this is the thing that we know to be true, but we don't always apply it across different areas of our life. Yeah. You know, like this is something, one of the things that I often say um, about truth is that the truth is the truth no matter where it comes from. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's the reason why someone can be a Christian, a Muslim, an atheist. And if you're speaking something that's truth, it is, right? right. Like, and it right. doesn't have to be attached to a certain belief system or what, like it's just true. And I think the thing that you're saying, like we know this in our lives that, the greatest periods of growth have come from times where we just surrendered to the suffering, right? Yeah. Like we just acknowledge that like, this is a season where I'm going to have to sit with something that is broken or uncomfortable, or it's making me look at myself. You know, I said this on another podcast episode, there is no more difficult ask than having than asking someone to look at themselves, yes. right? To just Absolutely. really, to stand in the mirror and uh, both physically, you know, and emotionally and spiritually and look at yourself and say to yourself, like, I believe these things, but why, right? Yeah. Like I have these ideas, but why? And to sit with yeah. that. And I think that that's, it's, it's, as we've said, it's so difficult to do. Like we're not minimizing that yeah. that's a difficult thing to do, but if you can, give yourself permission to yeah. do that. That is yeah. where the beautiful work happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, questioning yourself without judgment, you know, mm -hmm. um, showing up for yourself um, without judgment. I think that that's also the other thing that's, that's a pretty important element for me is that like, I don't need to be so cruel to myself about the ways in which I am or the, yeah. the ways in which I think or the things in which I believe that maybe I shouldn't, or, you know, like all that stuff is I always sort of meet myself in those spaces with such cruelty and such um, like harsh, it's such yeah. a harsh way that I speak to myself totally. about things. And I think that that's also part of it, you know, it is meeting yourself there and, and holding space for all of that, but also without judgment and yeah. without criticism. Um, and knowing that, yeah, like that's where the tenderness also too comes in is that it's so hard, I think, especially as human beings in general, but as black women, it is really hard to be tender. Yeah. To ourselves. To ourselves, yes, and absolutely. To other people. To other people, we love people love to <laughs> to a fault. Like I always say there is no greater there there's no greater like love that you're gonna feel in the human realm right, than that right. of a black woman who black loves woman you. Ever. <laughs> ever. But to ourselves to, is yes. a whole different animal. It's very it's a hard. whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And and it is unlearning. Yeah and reteaching yourself the ways that you, the ways that you want to live your life, mm -hmm. not how other people want to envision your life for you, but teaching yourself, like, how do I want my life to look? How do I want to treat myself? Yeah. I think that it has to come from you. Like that's where the agency in the freedom comes from is I get to choose how I live, but also how I treat myself, right. how I show up for myself. I get to choose. Yeah, I think if if this is something uh, for everyone who's listening, if this is something that is resonating with you, I definitely want you to share this with other people in your life yeah. because yeah. I, you know, I know this to be true in other areas of my life. But again, it's hard sometimes to to translate these practices across different spaces Absolutely. in your life. But the truth is, is like when you really understand how much agency you have over yourself yeah. and it's far more than we give ourselves credit for Absolutely. like we have more freedom we have more ability to determine 
the life that we live. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about like not creating your art for anyone other than yourself or your community. Because I think the minute that you lean into how other people are perceiving is when you start giving away agency, right? Like you start saying to other people, validate me, validate my experience. And, and that's when you don't realize that you've given away all of the beautiful pieces of yourself as an artist, as a creative, as a human being. And I love, like, and I think that that's something that I respond to about what you've created on your platform, because there's a, there's a genuineness. I always say that one of the things that I'm drawn to both as a person and as an artist is genuine intent, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, I I don't have to even agree with someone's message if I feel like there's a genuineness to it. And I'm like, oh, when I see that there's no artifice around it, like I believe that that came from the heart of that person. And I think that that's what you've created. And I just think it's just a lovely, lovely place to to be in the digital space. Thank you. That means so much to me. And I think that it's taken such a long time, you know, to to hold my vessel or understand my vessel is precious. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, that's something that I, I want to continue yeah. to work on refurbishing and reshaping and restoring it in mm-hmm. the ways, because it's not a perfect vessel. I'm an imperfect human being, but you know, like, like embracing the, the flaws, but yeah. also at the same time, giving my, my energy and my, and my love to sort of like, to fixing it up. And, right. and restoring it as well, you know? Exactly. Um, without, without, without judgment, right? Without like, judgment. Like right. growing and, 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 and presenting it as in each of its manifestations. Right. Absolutely. I, I love that. Absolutely. Well, Doriana, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I, you know, again, I, to the audience, I think I delivered on my promise where I said I was going to bring someone to the platform who was going to make us think and feel more deeply. And it's my honor. I, I, I say this in my personal life. I say this here on the podcast. It is an honor when people are willing to give of their time and their energy to share with you. That is not something that should be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And Doriana, thank you so much for sharing with us. Tell people some of the places where they can find you or follow you. Yes. um, So thank you so much for having me too. The honor is actually all mine. I'm like, this elevated me in so many ways. I'm so glad. Yes, absolutely. But you can find my stuff. Um, you can find my personal stuff on DorianaDiaz.com and you can follow my personal um, stuff on at by Doriana Diaz on my Instagram handle. And then my uh, the Diaz collections you can find at the Diaz collections LLC.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at at the Diaz Collection. And we'll make sure to have everything linked in our description for this episode so you guys can easily find her. Thank you again to Doriana. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, you know, if we have said something that makes you think or feel more deeply, that's a beautiful thing to offer. But if nothing else, I hope it's just been a positive moment in the middle of your day because there's nothing more powerful in my opinions and conversation than rubbing my humanity against someone else's humanity and hope and hopefully coming up with something that will bring value to each other and to you all so thank you all so much for listening i can't wait to join you again and for nothing else i am so glad that you listened in today have a great day you guys bye